Welcome to Links to Leadership, an insider's guide to what makes for a good business relationship with iconic business leaders and CEOs who share their secrets to success. Links to Leadership is brought to you by Administaff. Small business is good for America, and Administaff is good for small business. Highly touted by ski bums and hipsters, professional athletes, and red-hot performing artists, Rick Alden is the driving force behind a company in the midst of forging a headphone revolution. The self-proclaimed snowboarding and surfing dude is a man whose unique vision and entrepreneurial genius launched him from a mid-mountain chairlift to the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine in six years flat. You came up with the idea, you're on a chairlift, you're on your cell phone, and you're listening to your iPod, and you said, hey Rick, I think I've got a better idea. True story, true story. Sitting on a chairlift and uh, it was really more just an effort of, uh, I had my headphones on, phone was ringing off the hook in the pocket, and as I was pulling the glove off yet again that day to go in for the phone, I thought, this is dumb. Shouldn't be that tough to be able to put two plugs on the end of a pair of headphones, one for your phone, one for your uh, music player, and operate both devices through the same uh, headphone. So that was kind of the uh, aha moment for, hey, maybe I want to do headphones next. How did you come up with the name Skull Candy? You know, uh, I wish that I could take credit for that, but it's tough these days to come up with a name for a good name for a company. Anybody that's ever done a startup knows how tough it is to come up with a good name. Because any name you come up with, either it's been trademarked before or worse, there's no URL available. And so I finally gave up, couldn't think of anything, and uh, sent out an email to, I don't know, 40 or 50 of uh, all my most creative friends and literally said, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm working on. Uh, I don't know if this company will work or not, but if it does, I'll put you on free headphones for life if uh, you can come up with a name for me. And I said in the email, um, it's got to have an available URL. So I put in a link to whois.com and uh, said, check it out first before you send in the, uh, the name. And I sent it out to uh, uh, all these guys. And the very first email that I got back was from a guy named Dana Bullen. Uh, he's the ski area manager up at uh, Sunday River, Maine, an old friend of mine from way back when. And uh, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And he didn't send the email back saying anything like, hey, what's up? How are you? Good luck with anything. It just said two things. He had two lines. First line was, Skull Candy, second line was the URL's available. About 10 minutes later, I owned the URL, and uh, that is where Skull Candy came from. Were you scared back then? Nervous? Anticipatory? What were the emotions? If there's not some fear, you don't have enough at risk. So fear is a great motivator. We spent 100% of our savings, so all of our cash was gone. And I had to go to my wife one day to say, uh, hey, listen, I know we're out. I know I've tapped the, uh, the Roth IRA. I know I've tapped all the savings. But hey, listen, there's a chance this thing could work. Which word describes Rick Alden the best when it comes to this entrepreneurial spirit? Desperation or inspiration? Because both have been ascribed to you because you never want to work for anybody else. I've always said that any entrepreneurial effort requires two motivations. One, inspiration. You got to have that aha moment. And that's not that big a deal, because everybody gets great ideas. Everybody's got some great idea of what they want to do uh, someday. But number two is the desperation, which is the motivation to go out and actually do it. And, uh, you know, if somebody is super employable and they're doing a great job at a great job and they've got a good income and they're taking care of their family, fantastic. You know, Lord bless them. They're doing better than I could do. Um, 
they don't have that desperation of needing to go out and do it. But, you know, and it's not always just money or taking care of your family is the desperation. It might just be, you know, a personal goal that this is something I want to do for myself or maybe I want to do it again to show the first time was not just a fluke. Whatever the desperation motive is, um, if people don't have something that really drives them, I have to get this done, no entrepreneurial effort is going to be successful. Asked Rick what his marketing strategy was back in the beginning. Early on, if I had a choice of spending $10,000 on one page in one issue of one magazine for one month, or spend $10,000 of buying in product and gifting that out to however many hundreds of snowboarders or skateboarders or anybody else that I wanted to give product to, I created hundreds of users viewed by tens of thousands of people that look at those guys far more effective, far more effective. So we still continue the product flow, make sure the right guys are wearing the product. But now we have, of course, the, uh, you know, we've grown to where we can also afford to uh, have the backup and the support of all the, uh, the, you know, the magazines. One of the things you would say to young entrepreneurs now, I think, is get to market. You believe in that firmly? Absolutely. Whatever you do. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about revenue. Did you make some money? So it is, you do the best you can. If it, it, man, there's nobody worse in the world for getting a product to market than an engineer. Engineers become perfectionists. There's always something else that can be improved. If you never got your product to market, you know, a, a 1905 Model T Ford would still be in development because I, I, you know, somebody just bought a 2011 model that was better than the 2010. Every year there's gonna be something you can do better. You do the best you can and you get to market and you get to revenue. There was a time not too many years ago when your customer service number was your home phone number. <laughs> That's exactly right. How did you find that out? Well, you've done your homework. It's exactly right. You pull out a, a 2001, 2002, 2003, 4, 5 uh, Park City phone book and you look up uh, Rick Alden in the phone book and this is definitely the, uh, the main office number here was definitely my home number. In the advice department, you are big, obviously, for young entrepreneurs on getting to market, but you're also huge on customer service, right, and reputation. No, we are big on fanatical customer service. Um, I will tell you this, that is something that my wife has had influence on. We see this as well. If my wife ever finds out that somebody's had a problem with a product, boy, she is so mad at me that night. She says, I mean, if she reads about it in a blog, she sees it in a magazine, she hears somebody, a friend's called her and a headphone has gone bad, and do I pay that price when I get home? She takes it very personally and we take it very personally. When you dial this number, we do everything we can to have a human answer the phone. Someone that knows our product line, knows, the pro knows uh, what problems might exist, either be able to explain to them how to fix the problem at home or we're just going to take care of that. So that's developed into the uh, Skullcandy Lifetime Warranty. Rick, tell me about the Lifetime Warranty. I will tell you about the Skullcandy Lifetime Warranty. It comes down to this, for the life of the product, Whatever goes wrong, if it's our fault, if a speaker goes bad, a strain relief fails, if it is a manufacturing defect, I don't care how many years after you bought it, we'll just simply ship you a new pair of headphones, no cost. That was our bad. Number two is, we say that, this, that we want you living your life wearing this product. We want you skating, snowboarding, biking, whatever it is you're going to do, we want you doing it in our headphones, which means we better be building them durable enough to survive your kind of activity. So we don't care how it broke, you send us back some piece of the headphone. We'll sell you a new pair of headphones for half price.
So I chided and kidded Rick Alden that his Skullcandy staff was actually a very fascinating amalgamation of talent, blending some very interesting and unusual types. Some look like snowboarders, others like skateboarders, and others still like surfers, and one or two that maybe could have been out of prison on a work release program. So how did this most interesting and successful CEO acquire his staff, and what characteristics does and did he look for? Okay, you want to know how shallow we get around here? Yeah. <laughs> if they show up with their shirt tucked in, they're probably not going to get the job. Uh, they show up in a suit or with a tie. They, you know, they're probably not going to get past reception. We don't care where they fool them from. So, uh, but we're probably not out recruiting the kind of guy that would tuck his shirt in. We're not recruiting the kind of guy. We, we become pretty targeted in our recruits. We know, hey, if we need a new uh, product development engineer, we're not going to hire from a company where, you know, uh, the standard issue is tuck your shirt in and put a tie on. Uh, there's not somebody that would understand the brand that we're developing here. It's easy now, right, with the numbers you're doing, to hire the best people. What was it like back then to find the best people on a budget, and what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs in the same boat? It's a great question. You know, uh, early on, um, we didn't always say hire the very best guy. It was, in the early days, it was hire the best guy that we could afford. I would say this, that having gone from being able to afford the best $10 an hour guy that we could hire to just simply the best guy that we can hire because now we've reached you know, some scale. We're not, by no means we're a really big company, but at least we have the ability to hire some guys and pay competitive wages. I would say this, very seldom do we overpay for a guy. So even if we are paying a guy out of what we believe a competitive range would be and we're paying either top or above top of competitive range for a guy, if you're hiring a guy that good, they tend to always deliver more than what you would have got by just saying, no, I'm only willing to pay up to this amount for the salary. So uh, your question was, what advice would I give? Um, take a risk on people. Overpay for a guy that you didn't think that you could afford, but a guy you really, that has really performed in that position for somebody else that you respect um, you know, uh, prior. Someone that really brings that level of experience. Because it's very rare, I find, that you overpay for a guy. And here's a piece of clarity, real clarity. We, we use this phrase around here, hire slow, fire fast. So you make sure that you've really vetted the process. You've seen all the candidates. You don't hire the first guy that shows up. You don't hire your buddy's buddy. You go out and you find, you spend time to find the best guy. Overpay for that guy if he's the best guy. But if you are overpaying and he is costing your organization money and he's underperforming, there's this point of clarity where you say, not performing, overpaid, I can now get to the second half of that, which is fire fast. Let's pretend that there's a young 14-year-old boy or girl out there that's going to see this interview. What advice would you pass along to that young entrepreneurial spirit that they could be as successful and as happy as you are? Jeez. Ah, um, be careful of your definition of the word success. Make sure you're having fun. Um, I, I think that you've got to recognize that it has so little to do with uh, smarts. It has so much to do with luck. And being able to recognize when the luck has come. The fact is, 
And as soon as I say this, everybody suddenly realizes, ah, Rick didn't do anything. It was all Steve Jobs that did it. Because the fact is, is we launched a headphone company a year after some guy named Steve Jobs launched an iPod. It's a fantastic product. It has completely revolutionized the world. The fact is, is no matter how sexy that device is, no matter how many of us carry that device in our pocket, not one of us can listen to it without a pair of headphones. But we do have a phrase around here that we really focus on planned spontaneity. We plan everything. We try so hard to have every executional detail wired and focused. And whatever changes that is cooler than what we planned, boy, we open the door for whatever spontaneous thing comes up. So take advantage of planned spontaneity, recruit fantastic managers, and... Get to revenue. Make some money. Sell high, buy low. Uh, make sure there is margin in your product. Make sure that uh, you get to revenue, you treat your customers in such a way that even when there's a problem, they'll continue to buy from you. And uh, you make sure that you are selling a product that enough people out there want to buy so that there's some scalability to the business. Doesn't matter how cool the business is, how much fun the business is, if you want the business to grow, there's gotta be a lot of customers. From those early years of taking out an extra mortgage just to finance Skullcandy, to the Alden's home phone number actually doubling up as the customer service number, to now, and the awards, accolades, and magazine covers. I asked Rick if I gave him a magic wand, and he could fix his biggest weakness as a most successful CEO, what would he fix? Okay, it's a good one. Um, I have a tendency when there is a fire burning, and it could be just a, a, by fire I mean like a candle-sized fire burning on my desk. I have a tendency to take a gallon of jet fuel and try and douse the, the flame with jet fuel. Uh, I have a real knack of making a situation way worse if I get in and engage it myself. If I could figure out how to just take care of small issues without inflaming them, uh, that would be a, that'd be a great fix for me. Not much to fix, really, when you recognize that Skullcandy's growth has skyrocketed an astounding 6,271% over the last three years. CEO Rick Alden, passionate about his product, fanatical about his customer service, inspired by his staff, and driven by the markets he seeks to conquer. That's this edition of Links to Leadership. Links to Leadership, an insider's guide to what makes for a good business relationship with iconic business leaders and CEOs who share their secrets to success. Our thanks, of course, to Rick Alden and his entire outstanding staff at Skullcandy. Links to Leadership has been brought to you by Administaff. Small business is good for America, and Administaff is good for small business. I'm Jim Kelly. We'll see you next time.